Welcome to the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas. Uh, this week, we are looking at the ultimate attribution error. And as we start to come to the close of season three, that's kind of appropriate, right? We started out relatively early talking about the fundamental attribution error. So here's the ultimate attribution error. And really, it's the same as the fundamental attribution error instead of um, the differences instead of just dealing with one person. Uh, thinking they're all high and mighty, uh, it's your own group, right? So it's basically where uh, you think anytime your group does something awesome, it's because your group is awesome, right? You're awesome people. Um, and anytime you know something bad happens with your group, oh, well, that was just you know dumb luck, right? Whereas um, stuff that's going on in uh, the out group, right? the folks you're not as in love with, um, like something bad happens with them, well, okay, that's because they're terrible people, right? You attribute that to something internal versus something external, like circumstances. Um, and uh, if something good happens, it's a fluke, right? Or they're not really, you know, those people um, who that good thing happened to. Um, so uh, Thomas F. Pettigrew um, wrote The Ultimate Attribution Error, uh, Extending All Ports, Cognitive Analysis of Prejudice in 1979. It's sort of like the seminal text for all of this. Um, and again, it's this notion that the out-group is inherently flawed, but the in-group is inherently good, right? And whatever evidence you see, you sort of skew to fit that. And they've seen this um, with uh, Muslims and Hindus, for example. They looked at this, I believe, in India, where um, you would sort of see Muslims viewing uh, any sort of, you know, bad outcomes with um, Hindus as a result of Hindus being inherently flawed, whereas if the same thing happens, you know, to a Muslim, oh, well, that's just, you know, tough luck. That's an external circumstance, right? And then vice versa, if it was a Hindu doing the observing, something good happens with the Hindus because Hindus are awesome, something bad happens with the Muslims, oh, because Muslims are terrible. So in each direction, um, the bias would, was present. Um, there is an experiment where you have um, either a black or a white person shove somebody else, and then you have an observer watch that happen. And um, if the observer is white, they are more likely to attribute the black person shoving as, oh, well, they shoved them because they're violent. Whereas if a white person shoved someone, it was, oh, they were in a hurry, they didn't mean it, they just, you know, uh, you know brushed by. Like, right, so external versus internal, like, factors. Um, Again, based on whether or not you're part of the group. Um, and even with Chinese and American murder suspects, right, there was sort of like uh, hypothetical they put together and it was around, you know, a particular murder case. And um, if the uh, suspect was Chinese and the person sort of viewing the case was uh, white, they would um, sort of attribute the behavior to something, oh, something bad about that person, right, as opposed to something circumstantial. So experiment after experiment, they sort of, you know, see this uh, play out. And in exceptions, right, where there's, uh, you see the outgroup behaving well, there are all these weird, like, super racist kind of, you know, um, explanations that people come up with. So if someone in the outgroup, so... One of the one of the one of the explanations basically boils down to oh well you're one of the good ones right and as a black person and I know other black people have been through this they've sort of been in situations where that has in fact they've been the good one right it's like oh well no you're one of the good ones you're different right or even sort of being complimented on things that 
you know, you shouldn't really be complimented on. Um, the phrase articulate comes to mind. Um, but uh, that's kind of one kind of way that this manifests itself when someone has to kind of explain away why one member of the outgroup is behaving in a way that isn't in accordance with your view of the outgroup. Um, the other is this, there's, well, there's a few, but there's another one called the highly motivated exception, where it's basically like they're only acting that way because they're motivated to not behave like the rest of the in-group, right? Um, like there's some external factor uh, that, so it's almost flipped where it's like, well, if it's something good, that has to be an external factor at play, right? Um, there's an interesting um, logical fallacy that kind of bleeds out of this called no true Scotsman. And it's this idea that um, if someone's talking crap about your in-group, and say, well, you know, you guys say you're trustworthy, but this one member of your in-group did this terrible thing. Oh, well, then no no actual person from my in-group would ever do that, right? It's like, you know, I, you say Scotsmen are awesome. This is the, the fallacy comes from, like, that kind of scenario. Like, oh, you say uh, all Scotsmen are brave, but I once saw this Scotsman uh, run away from uh, a sheep. Um, and uh, the appropriate response would be, well, no true Scotsman would ever run from a sheep. You know, like, it's that kind of thing where I can basically shoot down any argument you have by just claiming the opposite, that, you know, oh, well, then that person must not have actually been part of my in-group. Um, the, the, the payoff here is that, like, it's really, really hard, you know, at scale then to sort of talk about systemic change, right? Because if I figure this one group, right, let's just say that they're, um, they're poor, um, or that they're stereotypically seen as poor, I can say, well, the reason that group is, is impoverished right, is because of their character. They're people of low character. Um, therefore, I can kind of write off their poverty rather than look at external factors, right, which would then force me to start thinking about systemic poverty, right? Um, so you see this play out in a lot of different scenarios. The one that obviously comes to mind is the high rate of incarcerated black men in this country, which is ridiculously, you know, disproportionate. And so, of course people are going to be like, oh, well, that's because black people are violent. Of course there's more of them in jail, right? It's this outgroup bias. You're going to attribute it to something internal versus saying, oh, maybe there's something external going on to account for this discrepancy, right? It's, it's a harder cognitive leap for us to make. Our bias is to go for the, the easy win of, oh, that whole group must be corrupt. Um, so anyway, uh, that's ultimate uh, attribution error. Um, we're going to come back uh, next week with what I believe will be the uh, season finale for season three. Uh, it's a very special, uh, very special guest on very special treats. Uh, it'll be a nice surprise for then. Uh, until then, uh, this is the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I am David Dylan Thomas, and we will see you next time.